0: The one-on-one post-game report.
1: And welcome back to the Rose Hill Gym. Once again, the final score of this afternoon's game, Fordham 66 and Rhode Island 63. Mac Rosenberg, Alex Smith, Julian Atienza, our on-site producer for today's game as associate head coach for Fordham. David Duke making his way over to us for some post-game comments and a thriller down right to the end. As coach is putting on his microphone... David Duke, uh, thanks for joining us again, and uh, what a game. Uh, what a game. What what, your, your, your thoughts on the way it ended?
2: Oh, guys, it was just a great game. Both teams played extremely hard for 40 minutes. We really struggled uh, shooting foul shots in the first half. We were, we were 28% from the foul line. Second half, only 65%, but obviously much much better than the first half.
0: And, Coach, coming into this game, both teams at 1-3, and three, coming off a tough one against Dayton, did you think this was a must-win game coming into today? You know we,
2: we tell every guys every game is a must-win game for them no game is more important than the next game you know they work hard each and every day and, and obviously coming off of uh, the deficit we came off of the guys were really fired up at the come into this game and, and avenge that loss
1: a few big uh, big players in this game Travion Leonard started hot 13 points eight rebounds what can you say about his maturation process now stepping up with Chris out uh,
2: he's done a great job for us yesterday in practice was one of the best practices I've seen him have Offensively, He's got a great touch around the rim and away from him. It was really nice to see him have those eight rebounds. He's a guy that, that can and will be uh, a double-double guy for us.
0: And, Coach, the action got a little chippy, a little physical out there. As a coaching staff, do you like that from your players, or do you want to make sure that they're careful not to get in you know, too much trouble?
2: As long as nobody's doing anything dirty, we're, we're glad to see them really fired up, playing really hard, not backing down. But, again, as long as there's no cheap shots and, and anything underhanded going on.
1: Real quick, final question, Coach. Your thoughts on the way your team was able to dominate in the paint even without Chris Gaston today?
2: These guys work very hard. We have very, very talented big men with, with young big men, with Candy, Rooms, and Travion. So those guys work, and, and it was really nice to see them have such a performance tonight. All
1: right, Coach. Thanks so much. Congratulations on the win. Thank you very much, guys. All right. Associate Head Coach David Duke after a three-point win for Fordham today, 66-63. Over Rhode Island, Mac Rosenberg, Alex Smith back with you for the extended edition here of our one-on-one post-game report from the Rose Hill Gym. And uh, we'll, we'll be talking to uh, a few people in the course of these next half hour or so here. It's about 3.30 here on WFUV. We'll be talking to a couple of the Hall of Famers who were inducted today on the basketball side. Tom Penders, uh, Frank McLaughlin, and uh, Wayne McGirt will we'll be joining us. Uh, we're going to play an interview shortly with uh, Frank McLaughlin at nolan silbernagle was able to do this morning and uh we will talk about that soon let's let's finish up this game though alex unbelievable game so many bright spots on the fordham stat sheet they had 19 offensive rebounds they outscored uri by 12 in the paint they actually had more points off turnovers than uri which which is which is pretty big and, uh, of course, before we uh, continue talking about this game, we've got to be joined by Ryan Rucco, WFEV alum, had the call on yesterday. Ryan, you're, 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 thanks for joining us and your thoughts on what transpired here this afternoon.
3: You know, I, first of all, I think we just need to do more games on yes because every game we get, it's it's a tight game late. It's always a good contest, you know, and today was no exception to that. I thought, for me, the thing that stood out most was the play of Mandel Thomas. You know, he was the one who really changed the tenor of the game in the second half and thomas is a guy who you watch him and he passes the eye test where you watch him you say oh yes this is a guy who can compete and do a little bit of everything Mm -hmm. on this level in the atlantic 10 and as the season's gone along he's made more and more of an impact and today he made his greatest impact thus far and you know what as horrible as fordham was from the line for a lot of this game brandon frazier did what you're supposed to do when you're a guy who's been around and you're the point guard on the team. He hit big free throw after big free throw down the stretch. You knew this game was going to be won or lost at the line because of how early Fordham was in the double bonus and Brandon Frazier delivered when some of his teammates weren't from the strike.
0: And, Ryan, you're very familiar with this team. Of course, Chris Gasson not playing. How about the play of the big guys down low? Travion Leonard, Ryan Rooms combined 15 points and 19 rebounds. What did you see from them today? I thought they were great. I thought they've continued to develop.
3: You know, Leonard, I think, can be really skilled. I I like his game. You know, he has a soft touch on the, you know, 14-foot face-up. He has good footwork around the hoop. He's aggressive on the glass. Today he had his season high in rebounds. And Rooms is more one of those long, active bodies. I don't know if you're ever going to, to see him as skilled offensively around the hoop as it looks like Leonard might be. But today, he really channeled that activity to mean productivity. And that was so important. You know, he was emotional, which I think is a good thing at times. You need to know when to hone that in but is a good thing at times and today he was able to be active and effective and really did just I mean an outstanding job for this team
1: Ryan real quick final question your thoughts on the way this team we all know about what happened in Dayton on Wednesday you know it was easy to forget about or it was or I should say hard to forget about that game uh, no Chris Gasson your thoughts on the way this team came in here today and reacted
3: you know what I think that's a great point I, I think that that's so important because You want people to get the message, and Tom Pecora tried to send a message when he had this team practice right off the bus, which I don't know if you guys were on that trip from Dayton, but so you were privy to that. But when Tom Pecora had them practice at 5 in the morning after getting shellacked by Dayton, sitting his starters in the second half and getting in at 4 in the morning... He told me before the game, he said, we do that so that never happens again. And you want to see an immediate response. That's what you got today. And I think it's important to see those kind of efforts inside without Gaston, as you mentioned as well, collectively as a team, energy-wise, of course. Yes, that's priority number one. It was taken care of. It needed to change from what happened against Dayton, and it did. But then you also just need to see – Then be able to pick up the slack with Gaston's injury because you don't know for sure when he's going to be back and you know he's not going to be around next year. Those are the interior players who are going to have to step up in his absence and I thought they did that even in a game that was played more at the pace that Rhode Island wanted for Fordham to be tough enough to get enough offensive rebounds, 18 of them, create those opportunities inside they were impressive in this victory in a win that they have to have if they're going to qualify for the a 10 tournament
1: absolutely wFEB sports alum ryan rucco had the call on yesterday and he joins us ryan thanks to god for the time we'll you got it you man soon. you got it thank
3: all you right. ryan. i'll Take talk to you guys ryan. soon enjoy the rest of the post yes sir
1: all right thanks again to ryan rucco mac rosenberg alex smith back with you from the rose hill gym here as we get into our extended post game report of course julian atienza doing a great job pushing all the right buttons today and, um, you know, so many elements of this game, Alex, what what really what really stood out to you as the determining factor in this one? Uh, you know what,
0: you can easily say that it was Brandon Frazier, but I think it's the play down low. I mean, we talked about it, you know, at length during the game, points in the paint, 28 for Fordham, only 16 for Rhode Island without Chris Gasson. And really, you know, Ryan Canney, when you look at his numbers, he only played 19 minutes, 13 came in the first half, so he only played six minutes in the second half while he did have seven points and eight rebounds you know it's it's the other two guys it's travion leonard and it's ryan rooms those two just absolutely took over um so you know they were great those were the two players especially on that that one possession late in the game where fordham missed a shot i believe it was frazier and travion leonard just reached right in got a huge offensive rebound uh it led to a foul and a couple free throws it was those forwards up front they were they were terrific
1: 28 to 16 Fordham outscoring URI in the paint today. And that is just huge. I mean, we saw so many possessions where, you know, in the first and second half where they were able to just have their way down low. They were able to get down low and do whatever they needed to do. They were getting shot attempts up. Some of them weren't the best shot attempts in the world, but, I mean, they were, they were able to make them fall when they needed to, and that was the main thing in this game. And then what Ryan mentioned, down the stretch, Brandon Frazier taking over this game, no Chris Gaston, doing what a leader does in this game. And I really thought that it's a testament to his leadership on and off the court that it's ironic he wasn't involved in any of the scrums any of the altercations going on today so i think that you know that is a testament to his leadership Uh, once again final score fordham winning by three over rhode island 66 63 improving their conference record to two and three their overall record to six and 14 we're now going to send it back across the street to the studios and We're going to replay an interview with Frank McLaughlin that our very own Nolan Silbernagel was able to do today, caught up with Frank at the Hall of Fame breakfast this morning. Let's listen in on that.
4: Hall of Fame inductee, class of 2013. So, Frank, what does it mean to you to now be in the Fordham Hall of Fame?
5: Well, you know, my family goes back to Fordham. I had a brother that got out in 53, so we've been a long-time Fordham family, and my whole life, I've I've been on the Rose Hill campus, seen some great student athletes perform. Uh, Eddie Conlon, Tom Courtney. I mean, just you know, you could go on and on and on. Uh, when I was an undergraduate, the Block F dinner each year, Vince Lombardi would come every year. I got to know Mr. Mara real well. So, my, my life has been dedicated to Fordham. I had the privilege of uh, you know having played here as a student athlete, and then. Being the athletic director and being involved with the student athletes and the coaches, it's it's just a it's it's a great thing. It's I it, tell you what, it gives me a chance today to thank people more than anything. To you know, I was thinking about that when I was in at the Mass earlier. You know, I'm just thankful that I was able to. That I was smart enough to go to Fordham Prep and go to F- Fordham University and all the great people we've met in our life and how it's affected not only me but my whole family. You were a standout
4: basketball player here for the Rams. Could you give us maybe some of the highlights of your career, some of the best memories you have playing for Fordham?
5: Uh, you know, it's really interesting that I, I, my uh, we were OK our sophomore year. We were, we were very similar to this year's team, to be honest with you. I think we ended up 11 and 14, lost a lot of close games. And we didn't realize it. You know, We were athletes, but we were very young. And then my junior and senior year, we were very fortunate. We had some, uh, we were in the NIT. We turned down the NCAA bid my junior year, went to the NIT and uh, uh, beat uh, Duquesne in the NIT first round. But I I guess, and the other thing, it was the Rose Hill gym. You just couldn't get a ticket or anything like that. And we were fortunate. My junior and senior year, we never lost a game. We won 23 in a row at home, which was a great thing. You know, beating Georgetown and Boston College, Syracuse, Seton Hall, St. John's, people like that, so.
4: Uh, you mentioned that there are similarities between your team and the teams of recent years here now at Fordham. Can you see Fordham basketball returning back to that type of prominence where uh, they could
5: expect to go to the NIT or maybe even the NCAA? Well, it's a lot more difficult now than it was when, when I played. You know, uh, everybody's got fantastic facilities and – you know, it's funny, in 1969, we thought the Rose Hill Gym was old in 69, so God knows how old it is now. But uh, but we've always had great fan support. Uh, I think Tom Pecor is an excellent, excellent coach. He's got good young players. I think the thing is that you see now he's got a little depth. Unfortunately, we're inconsistent on the perimeter play. But I think that's – I remember when I played as a – Southmore, that, that was us, too. We were inconsistent because we were young. So I think you're going to see those guys really mature. I think, I think the program's heading in the right direction. And I, I just want to say Stephanie Gately, our women's coach, uh, you know, I hire both the coaches, so I'm prejudiced in this. But Stephanie Gately's doing a great, great job. So I, I think uh, Fordham basketball is uh, going to have a great future.
4: Uh, So now you're mentioning uh, how you got into being the AD here at Fordham. You weren't just a student athlete. You were also the AD for 23 years. Could you go into some of the things that you're most proud of that you think that you've left a mark on as the Fordham
5: athletic director? I I think the thing I'm I'm the most proud of is the fact that we never had an NCAA investigation. We never had any problems. Our, Our coaches were above reproach. You know, I always tried to hire coaches. When we were hiring people, I always wanted to hire educators, not just coaches. We have a very high graduation rate, uh, student athletes. Uh, it makes it more tough, tougher for us to be competitive. But on the other hand, you know, over a third of our student athletes have over a 3.0. So uh, uh, Fordham has a great reputation academically and things like that. I, I think elevating football, taking it from Division III to the FCS and winning Patriot League championships, that was a great thing because of Fordham's football tradition. I think taking the basketball team to the Atlantic 10, one of the best. Non, the, the best non-BCS conference in the country, and improving the facilities. You know, Murphy Field now, and uh, facilities are so so important. You know, you're gonna see like our baseball field, uh, Holyhand Park, Coffee Field. You're gonna see we're gonna have a great baseball team. We have we have a great softball team. I think you know when you have good facilities, that helps attract student athletes. You've obviously accomplished
4: a lot here at Fordham. Is there anything you wish you might have also done that you when you were here, or maybe
5: something you wish you have done differently? The biggest regret I have is that we don't have a convocation arena, I mean, to me. And I've worked really, really hard at that. Uh, but unfortunately, it hasn't happened yet. And I, I'm going to continue to work here for them and continue to work for that. I mean, uh, you know, when, when you look at the Atlantic 10 and you see Richmond and Charlotte and Xavier and Dayton and St. Louis, uh, we're better than those schools. And if we could get a, a an athletic facility to help our coaches attract student-athletes, we, we would – uh, we would be one of the you know, top 50 programs in the country pretty easy. You've seen St. Louis do it in the last couple of years just because of their facility. So um, that's always – I understand there's other needs at the university, but uh, there's no greater rallying point or pride factor than you have a, a, a great facility where everybody the, – the university community comes together and the team's successful. And then for my last question, what do you think
4: the future is for Fordham Sports so far?
5: Well, you know, these are turbulent times with all the conference changes. I mean, who would have thought the ACC would be vulnerable? Although some of the board of trustees members said, Frank, I can remember you making a presentation five or six years ago saying we got to straighten things out because there's going to be a lot of changes. Uh, you know, I, I, the A-10 is, is you know, the best non-BCS league in the country and will continue to be. And I think what we got to do is focus on supporting our coaches and getting this program successful to where we're in the top half and competing uh, in the A-10. Quickly, if I could just thank all the Fordham people, they, they've really enriched my and my family's life.
1: And we thank Nolan Silbernagel for that interview. Of course, we thank Frank McLaughlin, the Associate Vice President Student Affairs for Athletic Alumni Relations, uh, graduated Fordham in 1969, 23 years. As the athletic director here at Fordham, we'll talk about Frank in, in just a quick second. Real quick, Alex, just to recap this game, I want to just get your thoughts. Uh, when uh, you asked Coach Duke about it, about the altercations, the physical altercations that we had um, with, uh, and uh, we just got to post for a, a real quick picture here. Picture real quick with, guys. with Ryan Rucco. <laughs> All right, and we. <laughs> The technology is too advanced Mike You you can't make this stuff up. Thanks so much to Ryan for joining us. Really appreciate the time. That's a lot of great work uh, for WFUV, of course, an alum uh, of WFUV Sports. So I think we could take a a couple seconds there of some dead air for a guy like Ryan Rucco. Anyway. Um, Alex, I just want to get your thoughts on the altercations that, that we saw today. So much physical play, coaches starting to get yeah. into it. You asked David Duke, uh, you know, how, how he approaches it after the game. What were your thoughts on it? How would you approach that? You know, obviously you don't want your guys to get too hot-headed.
0: Yeah, you know what? It, it happens. That's the thing, especially in conference play with teams. You know, what is this, the 58th or 59th all-time meeting between these teams? They go back a long time, all the way back to, like, 1940. I mean, it, it gets heated. It gets, you know, you know people, you know, they get aggressive. They want to win the game, especially when it's a close game. And, and like Coach Duke said, as long as there are no cheap shots, there was no elbows thrown, no punches. There was nothing like that. There was nothing dirty to the point of, you know, anything malicious or anything like that. So it's fine. You know what? I, I think it's good for a team. Because if you tell me that that didn't fire Fordham up and that Ryan Rooms didn't want to grab every single rebound that was coming off the rim after that stuff happened you're wrong i'm sorry but if you don't think that that had something to do with it Absolutely. and you know i'm sure it i'm sure it got uri a little fired up too when you think about it i mean i'm sure it got it got the blood flow and it got them a little hot headed but again if it's if there's nothing dirty nothing like that i'm, I'm fine with it
1: yeah I, I agree with you i think it, it well it certainly fired both teams up what i had a little bit of a problem with was the way dan hurley approached things You know. Tom Pecora, you know, we, we you know, Tom Pecora can be a fiery guy on the sidelines. You know, we've seen that in him. I think he really showed that he can bring it back sometimes when he knows that things are getting out of control and really take a look at the big picture and talk to his team. I thought Dan Hurley was a bit immature, to be honest with you. I thought it was, uh, you know, an amateur move. You know, you don't do that if you're a coach. You know, you want to set exu- a good example for your team. Um, you know, for him to walk out, okay, almost near, near the top of the Fordham Ram at half court, uh, and start to go at it with the referees. That's just that's just immature. It's it's childish to me. It's child's play, and that's not the way I I would approach this. Yeah,
0: you know, what? I, I'm to be completely honest. I'm not sure of the official rule of whether a coach can cross half court. It, it's my understanding that they can't. I mean, there's a line. It's right at the edge of the scorer's table. Coaches aren't supposed to pass that line. You can see it drawn out. There's a red stripe, right. and it's in every arena at the scorer's table. There it is. They're not supposed to go past that point. Now, they always get leeway. They can go around half court. But you are not supposed to go on the other side. And I don't know if, if a fine could be coming for Hurley or what. Um, it, it was just. It was interesting to see. And, yeah, he's a fiery guy. There's a lot of coaches that are like that. Coach McCourt is a fiery guy, too. It's the nature of the business. Um, it's just, you know, it was – it was fun to watch, and I say fun to watch now because Fordham won. If Fordham doesn't win this game, you know, I'm probably out here, you know, there should be suspensions and all this stuff. I mean, you know, I guess being on right. the Fordham side, you'll take it if you, come, if you come
1: away with a W at the end of the day. Absolutely. Mac Rosenberg, Alex Smith with you from the Rose Hill Gym. It's about 345 on WFUV, 90.7 FM, WFUVsports.org. And uh, we're going to take you till about 4 o'clock. Right now our producer, Julian Atienza, is, is running around the Rose Hill gym <laughs> trying to find out if we're going to be getting some, uh, some some guests here. And Julian's back with us now. We will be finding out if we're going to be getting some guests on. We're supposed to be talking to yeah. uh, Wayne McGirt and Tom Penders. Of course,
0: there's a ton of stuff going on. You know, there, yeah. there's, there's a luncheon. I'm sure there's a reception down at Dagger John's. There's a press conference going on. So you do have a lot of things going right. on. And we also hope to talk to Coach Pecor, but again, course. he said he had the whole coaches versus cancer, uh, you know, a charity event that he had to stop by at. So if he can't make it, we understand that as well. But you know what? It's It was a fun one here today. That's that's really the only way to put it. And another thing, I want to go back to that interview that Frank McLaughlin did uh, because he, he said in there that he really wanted to get a new convocation arena, a different place to play in. You know, there's people who hate the Rose Hill Gym. There's people who love the Rose Hill Gym. It was rocking in here today. Coach Picora wanted it. You know the students were back. They were behind the, the basket. They were making noise. Um, it was it had to be a sellout here today. I mean we don't have the official numbers in front of us, um, but it, it was it was great stuff. I mean it was it was a great atmosphere. And you know I think if this game's in URI, I think URI wins.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean it, it was it was about the home team today. No doubt about it. Uh, and uh, Alex while we're at it might as well just get to players of the game here sure uh, we, you, I mean there's probably there's multiple candidates on both sides right uh, I'll start things off Rhode Island um, you know they had let's see two three four five guys in double digits today in scoring. Mike Powell had 14. I like the way he stepped up when uh, when Xavier Munford was on the bench for a while there he played all 40 minutes of this game Mike Powell that he had 14 points. Only three assists and four turnovers. He, he did turn the ball over in, in some key spots. Uh, I like the way Andre Malone played as well. He had 12 points. Um, I guess I'll, I'll give it to T.J. Buchanan because he hit a big three late. Uh, to right. put URI back on top, he had 10 points. Um, he almost fouled out of this game. So I'll give it to T.J. Buchanan for URI. You can go with URI. For URI,
0: I mean, first of all, give credit to Fordham. They shut down Xavier Munford. Three yeah. out
1: of 13,
0: two yeah. out of eight from beyond, from beyond the three-point line. And he had a shot in that last possession when there was 15 seconds left on the clock. You know, no timeouts, no shot clock. It was one-on-one him and Mandel Thomas. And Mandel Thomas said, I'm not going to let you out of my sight. He was right up in his face, took a you know a fadeaway step-back two-pointer. Not a great shot, but a shot that the leading scorer in the Atlantic 10 could hit. But he was just off today all game long. Give credit to the forum defense, but Mumford really had a terrible game. I have to go with Mike Powell. 14 points, not to be confused with WFUV's Mike Powell, by the way. 14 (laughs) points, different spelling. 14 points for this Mike Powell. He also had three rebounds, three assists. He did turn it over four times, but he played the entire game. 40 minutes for Mike Powell. So he he was kind of the guy facilitating everything. Coach McCord said before the game that the guard play would be so important. Um, So, you know, I like what I saw from Mike Powell.
1: All right. For Fordham, uh, Ryan Rucco talked about, Uh, Mandel Thomas uh, he had 17 and 7 today and uh, we've talked about it so much that Tom Pecora wants his guards to be guys who can go up and get six or seven rebounds in a game how about seven rebounds for Mandel Thomas today Uh, also Ryan Rooms 11 rebounds today Um, I got to go with Brandon Frazier though just because of the way he was able to exert his leadership at the end of this game Uh, and and, you know I, I said it before I'll say it once again that when push came to shove, and when the players were going at each other, Brandon Frazier was not in the middle of, of that, and, and that is a huge testament to his leadership, to his ability to stay cool and, and, and to stay cal- calm and collected, and that is a huge ability that he has to be able to exert his leadership without Chris Gaston, right. without no Chris Gaston today, 20 points, uh, he, you know, nothing crazy with the assists like we've seen this season, four assists, four turnovers, but I just think you know what he did today is not on the stat sheet, it's, it's the leadership, it's the body language on the court. That really got me today.
0: Yeah, and my, for my player of the game, I mean, first of all, I want to talk about the free throw shooting for Fordham. 19 out of 33 doesn't sound like great numbers, but Frazier was 11 of 13. Thomas was 6 of 8 from the line. I really like that. But I, I, have a co- I have co-players of the game. I have Ryan Rooms and Travion Leonard. I talked about it with Ryan Rucco when he was over here. 19 rebounds between the two to go along with 15 points. 13 of those points came from Travion Leonard. So if I had to go with one player, I'd probably take Travion Leonard with 13 and 8. But him and Rooms, just as physical as you can get, they fired up this team. They were in on the scrums, unlike Frazier, especially Ryan Rooms. But like I said, they got the whole team fired up as good as Frazier was down the stretch, getting to the free throw line. I got to go with the two big men down low, Leonard and Rooms.
1: Again, the final score, Fordham winning this game today over Rhode Island, 66-63, now 2-3 and three in conference play. Rhode Island falls to 1-4 and four in conference play. They now have a record of 6-12. and 12. Again, Mac Rosenberg, Alex Smith with you, uh, Julian Atienza, our producer, are still running around the facilities here at Rose Hill, and Tom Penders will be making his way over to us, uh, I, I'd love to get Tom Penders' thoughts on this game, because he coached here at Fordham for uh, eight years, 19, uh, excuse me, uh, 1978, 1986, he was here, uh, they won the MAC championship in 1983, and... Tom making his way over to us right now. He won 125 games at Fordham. I'm curious, Alex, as to what Tom would have done on the sidelines if he were coaching today uh, at Fordham. And uh, Tom just putting on his headset here. Uh, Again, Tom Penders joining us, uh, the Fordham basketball coach from 1978 to 1986, inducted into the uh, Fordham Hall of Fame today uh, on the basketball side. And uh, just putting on his headset here. Tom... Congratulations on being inducted into the Hall of Fame today. Uh, real quick, before we talk about your time at Fordham, your thoughts on, on today's game?
6: Oh, it was a great game, great atmosphere. Uh, it's good to see the crowd come out and support the team. I know, I know, Coach Picora and the kids appreciate that. This reminded me of the kind of crowds that we had for every MAC game. <laughs> it was war. Uh, you know, when I first started, it was Mike Shousecki at Army and Jimmy Valvano at Iona. We formed the league in a, in, a, in a bar in New York City one night after they formed the Big East. We said, we got to do something together. But that's what it reminded me of. And now it's the A-10, and that's what the students and everybody has to do here to support it. And I thought the, I thought the crowd was worth 10 points because Fordham was struggling on their open looks. And I, I thought Frazier took the game over, which was smart. It was, it was great coaching because they couldn't contain him, and he knocked down enough free throws to give, you know, the, the big edge to, to the Rams there, the Fordham Rams. And uh, great defense down the stretch. They kind of, you know, they, they funneled uh, Xavier Munford, you know, over to the side. They wouldn't let him break him down off the right. middle. Because a drive to the basket would have been awfully hard to defend because they don't want to foul. Mm-hmm. And I thought for sure that's what he was going to try to do was go end to end on that. He had the time, you know, mm-hmm. six six seconds, five point six, yeah, six. Yeah. Is yeah. A, even I today can do that. <laughs> <laughs> and Tom, let's, let's I'm an old UConn point guard. <laughs> let's
0: talk about your career here at Fordham uh-huh. for just a second. You know, you spent eight years as a head coach. Five times you took the team to the NIT. Now you're a member of the Fordham Hall of Fame. What's that mean to you?
6: Uh, it means everything because my players and so many of them were here today. I think it's a sign, uh, you know, that they're welcome to come back. I think a lot of them felt like, you know, because when I went, when I left to Rhode Island, it was in October, and it was clear to me the school wanted to go in a different direction at that time. They they went to the Patriot League shortly thereafter, and I sensed that. I had a, a lot of years left on my contract, but I put my blood, sweat, and tears into this place, and I married my wife in the chapel, and... All those players, eight years of players, they're all family to me. And I always wanted them to have the same feeling I had about my UConn. In other words, every time I go to stores, every time I go to a UConn game, I get chills. I I have a tear in my eye. And that's how I want players to be. And there was somebody from every era, every class Mm. today that came back. Even the very first team that I took over for them, we didn't win many games. But we beat Columbia, and that was the only one that mattered because that's where <laughs> I left to come here. And we played the toughest schedule in the country. We played teams like uh, UCLA and Notre Dame when they were top top teams in the country. Matter of fact, on the same road trip, we played UCLA out in Pauley Pavilion. They were number one. Then we went out to Hawaii. And that was our trip that guaranteed us enough money to do things in those days. Mm-hmm. And we gladly did that. I'd go, uh, you know, across the world, and the FUV kids came with us. <laughs> and we still do. Yeah. And I, and I, I uh, kind of started that, and I'm proud of it. We had Michael K. and Mike Breen, Bob Papa, Charlie Slows, uh, an amazing group of kids. And we had, our, uh, we had a talk show on, on Sunday nights. That we started on our own. We were the only talk show going in New York City on that night, and we had so much fun. We didn't just talk about our program. We talked about the national scene. Mm -hmm. We had a great rivalry with St. John's. They were number one in the country, and they beat us on a controversial. The guy, uh, Bill Wennington, goaltended a jump hook by Frankie Williams. I can still see it. (laughs) And uh, they fouled us four times intentionally because they only had three fouls on them. In the last, we were down one mm-hmm. with like uh, 30 seconds left. And Tony McIntosh, who was one of the smartest players I had, it was us, Georgetown, Rutgers, and UConn for him. He's a Jersey kid. Tony pump faked and and it went up, and, and they said it was on the floor. And that was right in front of our bench. So it was not a shooting foul, but there's still five seconds left, and we worked the play. It would have been a layup, but Wennington being so big, and, and Frankie Williams threw a jump hookup, and w- Wennington wiped it off the rim. He thought it was re- a ten. The referees ran off out <laughs> at, at Alumni Hall, now Lou Carnaseco Arena. Yeah, They were number one in the country at that time, but it was a rivalry. Right. Our right. kids were so tough, and right. they all graduated. We were number one in the country in graduating our basketball players. and You know, it, it was just a, a great time, you know, and, and I want to see it get back uh, for a lot of reasons. One, and I've always, I've always loved Fordham. I hated coming back here when I, when I went to George Washington, we played Fordham and we did win a game here. That was a lot like today's, uh, it was always tough for me, you know, because I love the school. My wife graduated first in her class here as a student. Uh, you know, my daughter was born when I was coaching here. So it, it just means so much to me. And, and, uh, it was fun watching the Fordham kids out there they played hard I was worried after you know getting blown out at Dayton and that can happen mm-hmm. it happens to Duke you know when they go to
1: Miami <laughs> and I'm
6: sure Tom said something like that because they were emotionally up today and they have to be because Rhode Island is a well-coached team and he Danny Hurley and his brother Bob or just like Tommy Picora, and I call him Tommy because Tommy Perata played for me here right. and and they've been friends and cohorts for a long time. It was two teams that were well coached. They fought, and every loose ball was like a, a scrum in rugby.
1: That's what you want to see your kids doing. There you go. Tom Penders coached at Fordham from 1978 to 1986. Inducted today into the Fordham Hall of Fame. Tom, thanks so much Thank for the time. Really appreciate it. Thank Congratulations. You so much. Thank you. Congratulations. I, I hope you
6: guys keep that same power up in the air That's absolutely 90.7 it's it's absolutely. yes yeah, yeah. we we got that power all right thank you all right i hope you all become michael kays or mike green <laughs>
1: we all we right. hope so too tom all right thank you very much again tom penders inducted today into the fordham hall of fame in the basketball wing and right now 90.7 fm w f u v sports.org coming up on our final couple of minutes here in this extended post game show um so you know, final thoughts uh, and we'll get we'll get these last few minutes in but uh, I, I did want to ask Tom about what he would have done, and I didn't have the time because his, his uh, responses were so spirited, and, and he's a great storyteller. But I wanted to get his thoughts on how we, he would have approached um, what happened today, all of the, the physical alterations that we saw. Oh, oh,
0: knowing Tom from the five minutes we just spent with him, he would have loved it. <laughs> he I, probably would. I know he would have. He, he's a gritty head coach. He likes his players to be tough. He would have loved a game like today.
1: All right, Mac Rosenberg, Alex Smith, taking you till four o'clock. Ninety point seven FM and WFUV.org. dot org, and uh, final thoughts uh, as we head out on a Saturday afternoon. Uh, so much going on here today at Rose Hill. We have the uh, the Hall of Fame breakfast today, uh, and then uh, as you said, there's got to be some sort of reception celebration after this uh, after this one uh, in, McGinley, in the McGinley Center behind us here at Rose Hill. Um, you know, just you, you, you fi- any final thoughts you'd like to give, Alex? Yeah,
0: yeah, really gritty performance by Fordham. I mean, just a good game start to finish. They got physical. They got the win that they needed. And now you got St. Joe's coming in here on Wednesday. You know, that's a big game. St. Joe's predicted to be the top team in the A-10 conference, which has been all over the place this year. But A10, uh, they were predicted to be the top team in the conference. They get to come in here. It's a Wednesday night. But I have a feeling after a game like this, I really think a game like this gets the students involved. It gets the fan base going. I think it's going to be another sold-out gym on Wednesday night. Even though it's the middle of the week, it's going to be fun. You better listen right here on FUV.
1: Yeah, you better. St. Joe's 1-3 right now in conference play. So we'll, we'll have to see uh, how, how they fare against Fordham coming in here Wednesday night right here on WFUV. Once again, the final score of today's game, Fordham 66 and Rhode Island 63. The executive producer of Fordham Basketball is Bob Ahrens. Producer of today's game has been Olivia Monaco, field engineer producer Julian Atienza. Our studio engineer is Nick Gerfo, and a special thanks to Fordham Sports Information Director Joe DeBarry and his staff for all of their assistance. Our next basketball broadcast is Wednesday, January 30th, when the Rams conclude their two-game homestand at the Rose Hill Gym against the St. Joseph's Hawks. Game time is 7 p.m., and we'll be on with a one-on-one pregame report starting at 6.55 on both 90.7 FM and WFUVsports.org. Our next women's broadcast is Sunday, January 27th, when the Rams conclude their two-game road trip in Pittsburgh against the Duquesne Dukes. Game time is 2 p.m., and we'll be on with a one-on-one pregame report at 1.55 only on wfuvsports.org until those times for my partner alex smith bobby gubin with all the updates this is mac rosenberg please stay tuned for mixed bag with don mcgee have a good evening everybody fordham rams basketball is a production of wfuv sports